1: 98CO, Minneapolis. Fueled by Lucky Station.
2: With SRN News, I'm Gordon Griffin. Republicans want to get the border wall built and vote on the plan President Trump put forth yesterday to reopen the government. On ABC's This Week, earlier today... Senator James Lankford of Oklahoma says they'll get down to it on Tuesday. The vote this week in the Senate is not to pass the bill. It is to open up and say, can we debate this? Can we amend it? Can we make changes? Let's find a way to be able to get the government open because there are elements in this that are clearly elements that have been supported by Democrats strongly in the past. Democrats are vowing never to vote for any money to fund a border wall. Amtrak says it expects to have all of its trains back on a full schedule Monday after a weekend of cancellations and delays caused by the winter storm as it rolled through the Midwest and the Northeast. Among the lines impacted the Acela Express between Boston and Washington. More details at srnnews.com.
1: Joe Walsh says the wall can't be all Trump's doing. We're now with Nancy
0: Pelosi in charge of the House. Trump and the Republicans have to beg for $5 billion. Why the hell when they were in control? Didn't they just get that done? We should be building the wall right now. But Trump's not a king. I want the wall, but Trump's not
1: a king. He's a president. The Joe Walsh Radio Program, weeknights at 11 on AM 1280. The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. AM 1280 The Patriot, home of the best and longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. Join Mitch Berg and Brad Carlson for the Northern Alliance Radio Network every Saturday and Sunday at af- or afternoon at 1 p.m. Each week, the NARM brings you the best in local political conservative talk. Listen on AM 1280 The Patriot and am1280thepatriot.com. Sundays, 1 to 3 p.m. Got a high of 9, sunny skies all day. Looks like we're going to see some clouds later on in the afternoon and evening, though, with a low of zero. AM 1280 The Patriot.
3: AM 1280, The Patriot. Pat Boone here again, and I assure you, I have never before endorsed a pain relief product. Not until now. Not until Relief Factor came along as a 100% drug-free solution for people struggling with ordinary pain. Quite simply, Relief Factor was designed by doctors to help relieve those occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, and everyday living. Let me ask you, are aches and pains keeping you from sleeping through the night or keeping you from taking those nice long walks or playing golf or tennis? You can't really call it living if you can't get around comfortably. The three-week quick start from Relief Factor may be all you need to lower or even eliminate these pains. A whole lot of people have already gone to relieffactor.com and here's something You need to know the majority of people who order the three-week quick start, now only $19.95, go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain, too. Go to relieffactor.com.
4: Come on into the Rack Shack's new Egan location and wrap your taste buds around the Patriot
2: Burger. Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280 The Patriot, here with Keith Hittner Sr. from the Rack Shack Barbecue. How are you liking that new
4: Egan location? Oh man, Egan is wonderful. We have so much more space and a dynamic center that allows us to better serve our in-store customer as well as our catering clients. You know, Keith, our listeners love the Patriot Burger almost as much as the Patriot. It's a brisket and chuck half-pound burger that's red, white, and blue through and through, American cheese on top, and the American flag proudly flies out of the top of the bun. The Patriot Burger comes with your choice of any of our sides, like our famous hand-cut fries, all just for $12.80. Get it? $12.80? Best burger in the USA. You really have to try it today at the Rack Shack Barbecue's new Egan location. We're just a mile east of Cedar Avenue on Cliff Road in the heart of Cedar Cliff Center. You'll love our new digs. Come and see us today, or join us at rackshackbarbecue.com.
0: Rack
2: This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. Will pastors in the Netherlands who affirm biblical Christianity face criminal prosecution? That may well be the case. Back in 2017, a group of evangelical Christians concerned about the confusion of the age wrote and adopted a statement that became known as the Nashville Statement, affirming a biblical understanding of marriage and human sexuality. That statement was addressing issues that the church faces in modern America, but of course the situation is not merely American, it is increasingly worldwide. That takes us to a recent headline from the Netherlands. 250 Christian leaders have signed the Nashville Statement, and what is so ominous, the Dutch government prosecution service is deciding whether or not the very signing and publication of the Nashville Statement is actually a violation worthy of criminal prosecution. Yes, it's ominous. Merely publishing and signing this statement may be, as the Dutch Prosecution Service has indicated, a criminal offense. I'm Albert Moeller. The views expressed
1: on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management.
0: It's time now for a smart, plain talk regarding politics, Israel, and the law. This is the Victory Hour with Andrew Parker, a Parker Daniels keyboard, wise counsel, winning results. Now, here's your host, Andrew Parker.
5: I'm impressed with my attorney, Bernie. I'm impressed with his influential friends. He's got very big connections, and I follow his directions. Bernie knows his way around. And Hello, so it's I
6: 4 o'clock Bernie
5: Sunday. That means, what does that mean?
6: That means the best hour in radio of the week. The best hour in media anywhere. That is the Victory Hour, 4 to 5 every Sunday. With yours truly, Andrew Parker. We talk politics, Israel, and the law every Sunday from 4 to 5. And if you're tuned in, you may well likely do know that it is the best hour in radio of the week, which is why you tune in. And we have a growing audience every week, coast to coast. Just last week, we got a call from San Francisco. And uh, if you didn't hear our show last week... The Victory Hour. Go to it. It is uh, archived at parkerdk.com. Parker Daniels Keyboard, premier law firm downtown Minneapolis, which, yes, I am a founding partner of, and it is uh, one of, if not the best, boutique law firms, litigation law firms in the state of Minnesota. And I really don't like that word, boutique. Uh, it it. It doesn't represent us. It doesn't speak to who we are. Winston Churchill does. And, of course, when you ask, what is our aim on the victory hour, this is what you hear.
4: What is our aim? I can answer in one word. Victory. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory however long and hard the road may be. But without victory, there is no survival. Did that be realized?
6: You know, and oftentimes, although it is figurative and not uh, literal, as it was when Winston Churchill spoke the, those words during World War II, it is figurative when it comes to Parker Daniels' keyboard. But uh, without victory, there is no survival. Is oftentimes the case with matters that we handle at Parker Daniels keyboard and litigation they are often a life def- or a, a company defining litigation matters uh life defining for the company uh, and uh most often uh, multimillion dollar matters uh between uh, partners or between uh Uh, those who breach contracts, the government, regulation, etc. So call us at Parker Daniels Keyboard. But during the show, and really what got me on this topic, is for you to go and pull down last week's show of The Victory Hour at parkerdk.com. It is archived as well as well over 100 previous shows. And you will hear Tina Smith, U.S. Senator Tina Smith, who was with us in studio last Sunday for the full hour. And uh, we had a very interesting discussion with Senator Smith about two uh, important matters. First is whether there's going to be a vote on Senate Bill 1, which is a bill that greatly affects the state of Israel, the U.S.-Israel relationship and sending a message to the enemies of the United States, as well as the enemies to peace in the Middle East, that Israel and the United States stand shoulder to shoulder, no space between them consistently, when it relates to this administration, far different from the previous administration, one of the worst administrations In my lifetime, I would say, and I have uh, many reasons for saying it, as I have promised over the last several weeks, and I continue to, in the coming days, in the coming shows of the Victory Hour, we will do a show on why the eight years of the Obama administration were arguably the worst in our lifetime. Uh, Today, what are we going to talk about today? And then I want to give you uh, a bit of a... uh, a bit of a forecast on who will be on the Victory Hour in coming weeks. Today we're going to talk about, and I guess the theme of the show, is anti-Semitism seeping into the Democratic Party. And, of course, the Democrats and most in the mainstream want to religiously and consistently speak of uh, white supremacists and uh, Nazism within the Republican reactionary right wing, and that at the uh, foundation of such philosophy is anti Semitic thought. Uh, which is true, uh, but there is one problem that it has not seeped into the Republican Party, it is not a pillar of the Republican Party, one of many pillars. It is not a pillar at all. In fact, it is rooted out when seen and uh, distancing ourselves in the Republican Party when it is seen. Do we also do the same in the Democratic Party? Well, we have a grand opportunity to see uh, as it has been going on for some time, but it now has reached, uh, coming. well, it's come out of the shadows, I guess, is the best way to put it. It was behind the curtain, being denied, etc., for many years. Now it's come out of the shadows. Democrats are electing what I would characterize as openly anti-Semitic candidates <clears throat> in the name of... Uh, Rashida Tlaib, in particular, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the 28-year-old firebrand from New York, in addition, and our own Ilhan Omar, here in the 5th Congressional District. So how are the Democrats going to deal with the anti-Semitism seeping into their party? and metastasizing, are they going to deal with it by embracing the Women's March in Washington this coming March? Are they going to embrace that, the openly anti-Semitic march that is under the disguise of being called a Women's March in support of women? Are they going to? Is the Democratic Party going to oppose and root out anti-Semitism by marginalizing the Ilhan Omars and the Rashida Talebs and ocasio Cortezes of their party, or are they going to engrandize them? Are they going to put them on a pedestal with a megaphone and give them additional voice? to what any reasonable mind would consider they deserve in light of the fact that none of the three of them have much experience at all. Not just in politics, but frankly in life or in history. So how is the Democratic Party going to deal with that? Well, we saw a glimpse of it this week. And this is why I raise it for this show. Nancy Pelosi, the leader of the Democratic Party in the House, and the Speaker of the United States House of Representatives, announced the Democratic Party's selection for committee appointments. Assignments, I should say. Assigned to the all-powerful, Foreign Relations Committee in the House of Representatives one Ilhan Omar. Yes. If you hadn't heard it before, you might have fallen off your chair. I mean, why would they do that? Knowing her views as it relates to our most staunch ally in the Middle East. Knowing her views toward Palestinian terrorism. Knowing her views towards sanctioning and divesting from the only progressive, liberal, open democracy in the entirety of the Middle East, the state of Israel. Knowing her views regarding our ally and that progressive, liberal democracy. Why would they make that appointment? Is it because the Democratic Party has now officially been taken over? Is because they are afraid of the left-wing base that Ilhan Omar speaks for within the Democratic Party? Not outside that tent. Not rooted out like the white supremacists have been from the Republican Party. No, a part of the Democratic Party. So we're going to talk about that on the other side of the break. In the meantime, pull out that uh, number two pencil and yellow pad and write this down. Now you know what we're going to talk about on the show. Give me a call if we have time, and I got a lot to talk about as it relates to this topic. If we have time, by the way, we are also going to talk about the government shutdown and the immigration plan that was proposed to resolve the stalemate by President Don John Trump. We will try to get to that as well. But write this down so you can give a call and join in. Do you agree with me? Do you disagree? Am I being too harsh? Am I overstating? Am I understating? 651-289-4488. Again, write this down on the yellow pad. 651-289-4488. And while we're on this break, go to parkerdk.com for what is often referred to as an award-winning website. Take a look. Let us know what you think. We'll be right back.
1: AM1280, The Patriot.
6: Is a verbal contract really only as good as the paper it's written on? This is Andrew Parker from the Parker Daniels Keyboard Law Firm. I recently represented a client in a claim for unpaid compensation. He was promised payment of $1.8 million in bonuses. His employer refused to pay, citing no written contract. We went to work. After investigation and litigation, we won the case and recovered $2.3 million for our client. Our experienced trial lawyers at Parker Daniels Keyboard have secured major victories in state and federal courts across the country. We have legal expertise in all types of business disputes, labor and employment matters, real estate matters, and financial transactions and appeals. For wise counsel and winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard a premier law firm that provides efficient, aggressive, and innovative solutions to complex legal problems. Go to ParkerDK.com.
7: Across America, the Wow, Pro-Life Across America is celebrating its 30th year of saving babies. That's right. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. We began three decades ago, and thanks to our supporters, we now have billboards, radio ads, and Internet ads across the country. So what have we learned in these 30 years? No woman wants an abortion. Most feel panic, pressure, and alone. Our hotline receives an average of 200 to 250 calls a month. We connect callers with free, confidential, and life-affirming assistance.
4: Please help continue this legacy of support or post-abortion assistance. Visit us at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Or to donate today, simply press pound two fifty on your cell phone and say the keywords Pro Life. Prolife across America, non-political and totally educational.
8: Go to ParkerDK.com.
6: No Satisfaction, yes, I've I've lost my voice a bit today because I was, well, I was uh, singing and screaming to Can't Get No Satisfaction just last night. Yes, a, a local band that I, I don't know if some would say made the mistake, but it was enjoyable, went and saw the Rolling Stoners, I don't know if you've heard of them, but the Rolling Stoners. Anyway, the Rolling Stones join us today on the Victory Hour uh, in honor of the Rolling Stoners. So we're going, we are talking about a much more serious issue, the, the uh, deadly serious issue of anti-Semitism, which has raised its ugly head across this country. Uh, across the world, and has done so in some of the worst ways. Remember, Jews are a minority in the world. No, let's say it the way it is. A very, very, very small minority of the population in the world that has been abused, has been thrown out of, has been massacred horribly throughout the generations. For some reason, those on the left believe that this small group of Humanity uh, making up what fourteen, fifteen million in the world of seven plus billion is not a minority is not to be provided any sort of protection or quarter no. In fact, they are a part of this uh, uh, white privilege uh, that is being called out. And it is that foundational element of thought within the Democratic Party that is building up this left wing of support that Bernie Sanders, a Jew himself, is a part of. And believe me, There are many Jews that are a part of this movement, as horrific as that is. But many anti-Semites are taking advantage of it within the Democratic Party, are trying to couch their thoughts in anti-Israeli regime, anti-Israeli government rhetoric, But believe me, it empowers the enemies of the Jews, it empowers the enemies of the values of the United States, that the the State of Israel shares. All of our mutual common enemies, this empowers. And it is being picked up in the Women's March quite clearly the Women's March, fully supportive of Louis Farrakhan and his ideology and ilk. It is now uh, not just being picked up uh, there, but, but by apparently the, Amer- the uh, Democratic mainstream, by putting Ilhan Omar on the Foreign Relations Committee. Why would it happen? And let me digress for a minute and let you know, next week, January 27th, Congressman Dean Phillips will be on the show on the Victory Hour. He also was assigned to the Foreign Relations Committee. Shall we see bookends Uh, between the two freshman congressmen from the state of Minnesota, Ilhan Omar and Dean Phillips, both on the Foreign Relations Committee, one Muslim supporter of radical Islamic Palestinian ideology, and Dean Phillips, who has stated, at least in his campaign, that he is pro-Israel, he is a staunch supporter of the Jewish state of Israel, he visited Israel not long ago. Well, he's going to be on the show next week, and we're going to talk to him about how he intends to deal with the anti-Israel statements of Ilhan Omar. In two weeks, on February 3rd, we're going to have Congressman Pete Stauber, another freshman congressman from the state of Minnesota, representing the 8th Congressional District. So next week, Dean Phillips, the following week, Pete Stauber. In the coming weeks, I hope to have Governor Mark Dayton on the show. Jacob Fry, who I've been uh, attempting to uh, corral to come on the show again, uh, he was on last when he was seeking election as mayor of the, state, of the city of Minneapolis, and uh, he did prevail. Well, I at least think he owes it to us to come back on the show and share some of his wisdom about the Bureau over there at the city of Minneapolis City Council. Angie Craig, I hope to have back on the show. Uh, Jim Hagedorn as well, as we run through the federal officials in Congress, as well as last week having uh, Tina Smith on. I still hope to have Amy Klobuchar on the show down the trail here, maybe after she announces her uh, run for president. Uh, I hope to have uh, Warren Limmer on the show, uh, state uh, senator, Republican, conservative, and also, uh, House Majority Leader Ryan Winkler down the trail. So that's a lot to look forward to. Let's talk about anti-Semitism and the Democratic Party. And first, let's define anti-Semitism. And you know, you can you, you merely need to go to the U.S. State Department's uh, definition of anti-Semitism, which was updated recently in 2016. Manifestations of anti-Semitism might include targeting the state of Israel. This is the State Department. Israel being conceived as a Jewish collectivity. However, criticism of Israel similar to that leveled against any other country cannot be regarded as anti-Semitic. True and fair. We We shouldn't have a special protection for Israel. But if you're leveling accusations and targeting Israel, which is what Ilhan Omar does, and you ignore Iran, you ignore even the moderate Arab states, you are doing it because Israel is a Jewish state. Israel is the only progressive state that Ilhan Omar could go to And be elected in the manner that she has been elected here in the United States. She could go to and rise to the level of acceptance as she has been accepted here in the United States. That she could go to and receive the same rights that anyone who was gay could go to and receive the same rights. Not just women. Gays, but those different than the religious majority receive voting rights. Rights to be elected to the Knesset. Now, she targets Israel. And she targets Israel because in self-defense, they do not allow their people to be slaughtered. Or do nothing when missiles are launched. She ignores all of that. And she doesn't say one word about all of that. That's anti-Semitism, according to the State Department. And those are just some of the examples. Accusing the Jews as a people or Israel as a state of inventing or exaggerating the Holocaust. Accusing Jewish citizens of being more loyal to Israel or to alleged priorities of Jews' worldwide than to the interests of their own nations denying the jewish people their right to self-determination by claiming that the existence of a state of israel is a racist endeavor these are the things that ilhan omar talks about that's enough put down the mic you are a rude terrible person well some may say that i mean it's true maybe i should put down the mic some of my Democrat friends, they're gonna be calling in. They're going to be sending me emails all week long. saying you are a rude, horrible person. Well, I'm not putting down the mic anytime soon. When we come back from the break, we're going get we're, we're going to get more specific about this decision to put Ilhan Omar. We're going to talk about who she is. Uh, Put Ilhan Omar on the all powerful Foreign Relations Committee in the House of Representatives. While we're on this break, go to parkerdk.com. You'll learn a lot more about Parker Daniels Keyboard, premier law firm downtown Minneapolis. Stay with us. We'll be right back. AM 1280, The Patriot. How can you protect your company's most valuable proprietary information? This is Andrew Parker of the Parker Daniels Keyboard Law Firm. We recently represented a local manufacturing company in an employment lawsuit. Our client learned that a longtime employee was leaving the company to join a direct competitor. The employee intended to help the competitor develop an automated manufacturing system that was a copy of our client's system. The employee did not have a non compete agreement with our client. We nonetheless filed suit and brought an immediate motion to prevent the employee from beginning work with the competing company. We won, and the employee was prohibited from working for the competitor. Parker Daniels Keyboard's attorneys have been advising companies on employment law matters for decades. And if you find yourself in court, our attorneys are some of the toughest and most experienced employment trial lawyers around. For wise counsel and winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard.
9: you have nothing to lose call their office in egan for your free consultation i need more experience you can trust prices you can afford get the permanent solution to your hair loss at i need more is a verbal contract really only as good as the paper it's
6: written on this is andrew parker from the parker daniels keyboard law firm i recently represented a client in a claim for unpaid compensation He was promised payment of $1.8 million in bonuses. His employer refused to pay, citing no written contract. We went to work. After investigation and litigation, we won the case and recovered $2.3 million for our client. Our experienced trial lawyers at Parker Daniels Keyboard have secured major victories in state and federal courts across the country. We have legal expertise in all types of business disputes. Labor and employment matters. Real estate matters and financial transactions and appeals. For wise counsel and winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard, a premier law firm that provides efficient, aggressive, and innovative solutions to complex legal problems. Go to ParkerDK.com. Please allow me to
0: introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth. his hands the seal
6: his face. Pleased to meet you. Pleased to meet you.
0: Hope you guessed my name.
6: This is Andrew Parker. White, it's the Victory Hour. And we are nature of my game. talking about Stuff anti-Semitism and whether it is seeping into the Democratic Party. This week, Representative Ilhan Omar was assigned her committee assignments with the others in the House of Representatives. And on the Democratic side, the House Speaker announced that the House Foreign Affairs Committee would include Representative Ilhan Omar. Let me read to you what a pro-Israel... Jewish organization, Zionist Organization of America, wrote to Speaker Nancy Pelosi regarding this assignment. I think it is poignant, and I think it is a statement that can hardly be better said. Think about this. They state, we cannot believe that Representative Omar has been appointed to the committee on the strength of any particular expertise or competence that she holds in foreign affairs. Of course not. We do know, however, that Representative Omar has a horrific and frightening record of viciously anti-Israel actions that amount to anti-Semitism as defined by the State Department definition which, by the way, folks, is one of the reasons that I read you that definition on the other side of the break. I wanted to give you a sense of what the State Department defines as anti-Semitism, because I don't like throwing that term around in order to water it down, as the term racism has been thrown around to the point where anything is racist nowadays, even though it isn't. But Ilhan Omar's comments and statements certainly are based upon the State Department's definition of anti-Semitism. Her hatred for the Jewish state of Israel, her hopeless bias against Israel, makes it pretty much impossible for her to have a reasonable, rational discussion, or make a decision on any issue concerning Israel. And now she has an all-important vote, not just in the House of Representatives, made up of 435, but on the relatively small Foreign Affairs Committee. So the Democratic Party, far from marginalizing Ilhan Omar and disowning her views and disassociating Themselves from her. Which they certainly would have done. Would they not have. Listen here now. They they certainly would have done. Had she made. Vicious statements of hate. Against African Americans. Muslims. Or gay people. Rather than disowning. Or disavowing themselves of Ilhan Omar's views as it relates to Israel. Or even being silent about it. They reward it. By appointing her to the House Foreign Relations Committee. I think it's Foreign Affairs Committee actually. Really? Yes. This is the party of Henry Scoop Jackson, Daniel Patrick Moynihan, and Hubert H. Humphrey. It is wrong. So who is, why am I uh, so opposed to Ilhan Omar being on this committee? Let me tell you a few things. You may have heard some of these. You may not have heard all of them. During the campaign, during the election, she went to a Minneapolis, a local synagogue, for a debate amongst her... uh, Challengers, put on in part by the JCRC, which I am a member of the board, and I opposed having this debate. I thought it was the wrong idea for the very reason of what happened. I said all it does is give her a stage to kowtow to the Jews in the audience, get them to vote for her, and then speak her truth. After she's elected. Sure enough. She goes to the debate. And as, as it relates to the issue of boycott, divestment and sanctions, which is uh, another way of saying delegitimizing the existence of the state of Israel as a Jewish state, the only state, such state in the entire world delegitimizing that state as having a right to exist by boycotting and sanctioning that state? She said, no, that's not an effective way. That's not an effective means of achieving change. So no, she didn't support BDS. After she is elected, she went on the website Muslim Girl, that's the name of the website, and stated specifically she supports the BDS movement, which, as openly admitted by its originators, seeks to delegitimize, as I said, economically harm and ultimately eliminate the Jewish state of Israel by criminalizing business Relations with Israeli Jews. And when I say criminalizing, I'm talking about economic criminalizing. So there you have it. Says one thing to get elected. Comes out and speaks her truth after she is elected. Back just a few years ago, she tweeted, and you probably heard this. Quote, Israel has hypnotized the world. May Allah awaken the people and see the evil doings of Israel. Close quote. She has been challenged about this tweet numerous times since 2000, uh, well, since a few years ago when she sent it out. And she has not backed off of it. She, in fact, has doubled down by saying, I don't know how it's offensive to Jews. Really? Okay. She was only one of two legislators who voted against a bill in 2017 aimed at denying life insurance payments to any person convicted of aiding or committing terror acts. She was one of two who voted against that bill. You know, it ultimately passed, uh, overwhelmingly. Who votes against that? She does. And she didn't offer an explanation for her vote when she was asked about it by the media. That same year, she voted against a bill that would bar the state of Minnesota from contracting with companies that engage in BDS. She voted against that bill. She's in favor of BDS. I knew that she would twist it around, play games with the words in a Bill Clinton-esque fashion, and claim that she has not changed her position. She didn't say that at the debate. Oh, yeah. Many of my friends were there I did not go, but there is a recording of it as well, and it is consistent. It was very clear what she said, and just this past year, she labeled Israel an apartheid Israeli regime, a statement that on purely intellectual grounds is either knowingly false or unbelievably ignorant. I've talked about that before. And as uh, the Zionist Organization of America put it, what reason other than bigoted hostility can account for her accusing the only democratic nation in the Middle East, which grants more liberal rights to its Muslim citizens than any Arab nation of being an apartheid regime? Other than a bigoted hostility, what could there be? This is not Islamophobia toward Ilhan Omar or anyone else. This is about her and her positions, whether she were white, black, or any other culture, race, or religion. It's bigoted. And anti-Semitic. And the Democrats have put her on the Foreign Affairs Committee. It is wrong. We will be right back during this break. Go to ParkerDK.com. Don't turn away from your radio dial one way or another because we're going to be talking about the Women's March and also I hope we can get to uh, Donald Trump's plan that was uh, roundly rejected by the Democrats. Stay with us. We'll be right back on the Victory Hour. AM
1: 1280, The Patriot.
6: How can you protect your company's most valuable proprietary information? This is Andrew Parker of the Parker Daniels Keyboard Law Firm. We recently represented a local manufacturing company in an employment lawsuit. Our client learned that a longtime employee was leaving the company to join a direct competitor. The employee intended to help the competitor develop an automated manufacturing system that was a copy of our client's system. The employee did not have a non-compete agreement with our client. We nonetheless filed suit and brought an immediate motion to prevent the employee from beginning work with the competing company. We won, and the employee was prohibited from working for the competitor. Parker Daniels Keyboard's attorneys have been advising companies on employment law matters for decades. And if you find yourself in court, our attorneys are some of the toughest and most experienced employment trial lawyers around. For wise counsel and winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard. Go to parkerdk.com. I'm Andrew Parker Because of the wonderful Rolling Stones I have half a voice today Once again We talked today about the Democratic Party And the decision to put Ilhan Omar On the Foreign Affairs Committee In the House of Representatives Now I will say that The Democratic Party is not altogether lost. The chair of the House Foreign Affairs Committee is Elliot Engel. Democrat? Liberal Democrat from the state of New York. But one of the most staunch supporters of the U.S.-Israel relationship and the state of Israel that you will find in the House of Representatives. It still does not answer the question as to why the decision would be made when there is so much discretion in such decision-making to put Ilhan Omar as a freshman congresswoman on uh, the Foreign Affairs Committee. Uh, it was It is a mistake. It is rewarding her for comments and statements that she has made that are despicable, that are ignorant, that come from a place of anti Semitism. This anti Israel view, where there is one Jewish state in the world and she singles it out as the only place that she attacks speaks volumes, as well as the statements that she has made about the Israel state, as well as the lie that she lie. It's what it was. She said at the candidate forum that BDS stops dialogue and is counteractive to achieving a two-state outcome. I question whether she supports a two-state outcome. We'll look into that a little bit later. Rashida Taleeb does not; she's in support of a one-state outcome, no Jewish state. Over time, so she says that Ilhan Omar does at the candidate forum, and then uh, more than no more than a week after the election, when she uh, <clears throat> is. Uh, uh, receives the nod from the democrats well from the in the general election to represent the 5th congressional district she says she fully supports the bds movement quote i believe and support the bds movement and have fought to make sure people's rights to support it are not criminalized close quote When pressed as to why she didn't answer that way at the public debate forum, she, of course, weaseled her way around and said, they didn't ask me a yes or no question, basically. That's what she said. Well, that quite, it doesn't quite do it for me, I will tell you. Why no one has come forth in the Democratic Party to criticize and challenge her statements, why she is placed on the Foreign Affairs Committee, can only be attributed to one thing, and that is that the far-left, radical, hate-filled, base of the Democratic Party has now become so powerful that the leaders of the party are afraid to call things what they are, are afraid to stand up for what is right. That gets us to the Women's March, which is an anti-Semitic BDS-supporting march, Embraces Louis Farrakhan March, led by Linda Sarsour, anti-Semite, anti-Israeli, or anti-Israel leader, for sure. The leaders of the march refused to condemn the Nation of Islam, nor Louis Farrakhan. In fact, they called him the GOAT. The greatest of all time, G-O-A-T, the GOAT, Farrakhan. Far from condemning him. Well, so we can see where the boundaries lie. This march has gone too far, although it's still got a lot of Democrat support. Some Of the Democratic leaders have stepped away from the Women's March, including uh, some of the key female leaders uh, in the Democratic Party. They did so particularly when Tamika Mallory, who was a founder of the Women's March, one of them, or as a a planner and coordinator of the march, one of the leaders, uh, would not distance herself uh, from Farrakhan. Sarsour has tried to do so, but in a very weak manner. So when you look at all of that, What you see is a metastas- a metastasization of the cancer of anti-Semitism that needs to be cut out in no uncertain terms. Well, that's it for another great week. We're going to have to talk immigration next week on the Victory Hour. So. Be with us. We're going to have Congressman Dean Phillips on the show, and we will talk immigration, as well as some of the issues we talked about today as a bit of a teaser. We'll talk with you next week, and in the meantime, have a great week. With these words from
0: Winston Churchill. All the great things are simple, and many can be expressed in a single word. Freedom, justice, honor,
1: duty, mercy, and hope. AM-1280, The Patriot.
7: I'm Jan Markell, helping you understand the times.
2: If they think politics is important, every working person in this country should know that politics is important.
7: As I grew up, I was told never to discuss politics or religion, because either one will divide the best of friends. I think it's probably true, but those two issues are foundational to how we live our lives. If you ignore politics, you could end up with leaders who will rule through immoral laws. If you ignore religious beliefs, you could end up believing in nothing and spend eternity in hell. So the two themes that we were told to avoid contain the destiny of how we live our lives. My suggestion Know them both well and pick the politics that best resembles godly ideas and choose a religious belief that places Jesus at its core. For more information, listen to our weekend program on this station or anytime at olivetreeviews.org. AM
1: 1280 The Patriot is WWTC Minneapolis-St. Paul. FM 107.5 K.